0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Health Affairs This Week, the podcast where editors at Health Affairs talk about the health policy news that caught our eye this week. I'm Jessica Bylander.
1: And I'm Kathleen Haddad.
0: Today, we're talking about new draft guidelines from the Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Justice that give a window into how those agencies will review company mergers and when they're likely to challenge those mergers because of the potential to undermine competition. Kathleen, before we dig into the details of these draft guidelines, what's the context for this in terms of how the U.S. views antitrust?
1: Well, Jess, it's interesting. Antitrust enforcement was strong in this country ever since Teddy Roosevelt and his trustbusters broke up Rockefeller's Standard Oil Company. Enforcement was seen as a way through the decades to empower consumers and build a strong middle class. After Ronald Reagan became president in the 80s, Antitrust enforcement slowed. Uh, there's a nice article in The Atlantic about all of this. Republicans felt that allowing firms to consolidate would improve efficiency and bring more goods to market cheaper to the benefit of consumers. This was the prevailing view through the Clinton, Bush and even Obama administrations. The new guidelines apply to all industries, but nowhere has consolidation been felt more keenly than in healthcare which accounts for nearly 20% of the US economy. Jess, can you walk us through what's in these new guidelines?
0: Sure, Um, so since the agency's merger guidelines first came out in 1968, they've been revised several times with the latest updates coming in 2010 and 2020. So typically the guidelines focused on horizontal mergers or deals between rival companies within the same industry. In 2020, the Trump administration put out specific guidelines for vertical mergers, meaning deals between companies that might not be in the same industry, but that produce um, services or or products along the same supply chain, Um, though the Biden administration abandoned those guidelines. So last year, the FTC and DOJ decided to take a hard look at their guidelines and try to strengthen enforcement against mergers that they considered illegal. Um, industries are becoming more concentrated and less competitive, they said, and mergers have been soaring. So 5,000 public comments, and I'm sure a lot of tense meetings later, they came out with the 13 draft guidelines we saw this week. Um, It's important to note that um, antitrust laws haven't changed, but these guidelines, which apply to both horizontal and vertical mergers, are meant to help the agencies answer the key question posed by those laws, which is, will this merger that's before me substantially lessen competition now or in the future? And courts have even said that these guidelines help them in determining the merits of antitrust cases.
1: So Jess, I assume it's all crystal clear now?
0: Oh yeah, clear as day. <laughs> <laughs> no, most likely not. Um, as in the past, the agencies are saying mergers shouldn't significantly um Increase concentration in highly concentrated markets. They shouldn't eliminate substantial competition between firms. Um, They shouldn't further a trend toward concentration, among other things. But as you can imagine, when applying those guidelines, the devil will be in the details.
1: So what are the biggest changes from the past guidelines?
0: Yeah, for one, the agency has noted that if a merger is part of a series of mini-acquisitions, they'll look at sort of the totality of all that's happened, so the pattern of all those mergers and whether that substantially threatens competition. The guidelines also turn attention to how uh, mergers affect workers. For instance, do they lower wages, slow wage growth, or worsen benefits or working conditions? Um, and the guidelines suggest that the agencies are going back to an old way of measuring market concentration using something called the herfindahl hirschman Index. And honestly, the guidelines are just a heck of a lot easier to follow. To me, um, the White House points out that they made an effort to use more straightforward language for readers who aren't antitrust practitioners.
1: And so, Jess, the way that this affects workers is that workers supply labor and If there's more concentration and fewer firms to work for, the labor, the laborers or the workers make less money. Is that that's accurate, correct?
0: Yeah, it's sort of um, labor as as a good that companies acquire. And so if you have more concentration, they're not going to be competing with each other for the best employees or for employees, they're not going to be trying to sweeten the pot to get folks because there's just um, fewer employers and therefore um, less competition for workers.
1: So uh, that explains it well. And, and I wanna ask you also, um, these guidelines apply to all industry mergers as, as I noted, um, but consolidation has been really, really prominent uh, in the healthcare industry. So what does all this mean for healthcare?
0: Yeah, just to put some numbers on it, um, just in the first quarter of this year, there were 15 deals in the hospital and health system industry that totaled $12.4 billion. And in 2022, there were 53 hospital mergers and acquisitions, according to Kaufman Hall. Um, so these guidelines could mean that the FTC and DOJ will be more successful in cracking down on consolidation in the healthcare industry, um, for instance, if, if it helps them make their case in court.
1: So do we think there will be fewer mergers moving forward or more court cases? Yeah, maybe both. Um, Some are
0: saying that the guidelines will have a chilling effect on merger activity overall, at least until companies see what happens in the courts. Um, And the sense is that um, the agencies are going to challenge more mergers than they have in the past, Um, you know, not just saving their efforts for what they see as the most egregious deals. Um, In particular, the guidelines might have, have a real impact on that vertical consolidation that we talked about, for instance, among larger insurers or hospitals who have acquired physician practices or other um, goods along their supply chain. Um, some recent examples of vertical mergers in the healthcare space were when CVS acquired the senior care provider Oak Street Health for $10.6 billion dollars. Um, and the warning about looking into a series of deals, not just one deal, has implications for private equity firms that um, have been scooping up many small healthcare companies and combining them into one.
1: And when you mention private equity, it's important to remember that in the last several years, uh, firms, private equity firms, have scooped up many physician practices in markets and uh, especially dermatology, um, anesthesiology and some other specialties. What happens is uh, they consolidate the market then they sell after several years for a a higher price and make a profit and get out. And we're still wondering what's happening um, in terms of healthcare quality after this uh, private equity entry occurs in a market.
0: Yeah, so interesting. We've I know we've published a lot on um sort of sort of the the goings on in the private equity market for healthcare. Um so what do we know about what mergers mean for consumers? What does their research say?
1: Well, as we mentioned, there's been tremendous consolidation in the healthcare industry. For example, um 90% of metropolitan hospital markets are considered highly um, concentrated by antitrust, federal antitrust standards, and research shows that uh, consolidation enables hospitals to charge higher prices. Those prices are passed on to consumers of healthcare and patients see higher out-of-pocket costs when prices go up, especially those with high deductible plans and the uninsured, of course.
0: And what about workers who are insured by their employers?
1: Well, because prices in Medicare and Medicaid are set by the government, hospitals use their market power, hospitals and other healthcare um, suppliers, I'll call them, um, they use their market power to leverage higher prices from insurers negotiating for employers. Research shows that higher prices um, from consolidation are passed on to workers in lower wages. A recent study by Arnold and Whaley showed that hospital mergers within a market increased hospital prices on average by $521 and reduced wages even more by $638. So the researchers also found that consolidation led to changes in benefit design, for example, increased enrollment in high deductible health plans.
0: And how will the step up in antitrust enforcement impact rural hospitals?
1: Jess, it's unclear. Rural hospitals struggle financially, and many have chosen to affiliate with major healthcare systems, sometimes as an alternative to closing. But what happens is that they shut down important services after they affiliate, such as OBGYN and on-site diagnostic visits uh, and outpatient, non-emergent outpatient clinician visits, so, the rural hospital's profit margin increases then, but community access can be compromised. It may be that these deals are small enough, they will escape even stepped up antitrust enforcement efforts. Um, the larger deals, especially those within the same markets, will probably be the major targets.
0: Yeah, those are all really interesting points. And another thing I'd mention is um, to date, FTC enforcement doesn't apply to nonprofit hospitals, which um, it's kind of a big deal considering that's almost half of hospitals in the US. Um, so, actually, there is bipartisan legislation that was introduced in 2022 that would allow the FTC to intervene in mergers and deals made by nonprofit hospital systems if passed. Um, so, we'll have to wait to see what happens with that.
1: Jess, this new guidance would be a huge seat change. What are healthcare companies and others saying about the new draft guidelines?
0: Well, public comments are formally due September 18th, um, but, you know, there have been some early takes from from those in the media. Um, a policy officer from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, um, you know, said that the guidelines will have a chilling effect, that smaller companies won't be able to grow, and that it'll put the U.S. at a disadvantage to other countries. Um, we'll have to wait to see what the healthcare industry's heavy hitters have to say, um, but we can assume there will be pushback. Um, in comments to the public inquiry the agencies launched last year, the American Hospital Association stressed all the ways that hospital mergers benefit patients and their communities, including touting that it can improve clinical care and um, and
1: could lower costs.
0: Um, so, Kathleen, that's not the only big healthcare news of the week. Was there anything else that caught your eye?
1: Yes, just there was. Uh, there's one other major effort on the horizon to empower healthcare consumers. The Biden administration said this week it will be publishing new rules that strengthen the 2008 Mental Health Parity Act. That law uh, in general required insurers to pay for mental health care at the same level as other medical services, and it tried to shore up uh, provisions of previous parity legislation. Patient advocates still say insurers have been able to dodge the law's intent by maintaining stronger prior authorization requirements for mental health services and narrower networks. The rules will require insurers to conduct analyses comparing their rules for prior authorization and their networks across mental health and other medical services, and to look at patient outcomes. No word on when these rules will be published for comments. So uh, all we know is the general outline of what the administration has announced
0: definitely seems like um, the focus is on consumers and, and how these big policies affect affect all of us. So that sounds like a great place to wrap up.
1: Thanks for listening to another episode of Health Affairs This Week. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're already a subscriber, tell a friend or leave a review. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Kathleen.